0: Welcome to Sparkplug, where we talk to smart people working at the intersection of business and technology, brought to you by Snowshoe, making mobile locations smarter. Today at Sparkplug, we're happy to welcome Lenka Yelniak, Chief Technology and Innovation Officer for Green Zebra. Lenka has an exciting background in technology innovation and joined Green Zebra to help them lift their retail loyalty to the next level. So very excited to welcome you today, Alenka.
1: Thank you, Ned and Ashley. Thank you for inviting me. We're so happy to have you here. Uh, Alenka, will you start by telling us a little bit about your history at Green Zebra and what led you to this innovative company? Maybe a good place to start is actually before uh, Green
2: Zebra because that kind of sets the stage. So I consider myself lucky to have worked at Intel Corporation for sixteen years. And I started there, you know, as an engineer fresh out of college and eventually grew to take on more leadership uh, roles. And, you know, and I say lucky because during those 16 years, I got a chance to work on some really fun and industry changing projects, ranging from low power IA to wireless power to actually retail um, side products such as, believe it or not, toys. And, you know, and at the same time, I kind of honed my interest to not just create technology, which us engineers love to do, um, but also to figure out how to translate that technology into something that people actually want to buy and enjoy. And that turns out to be a much more challenging endeavor. When I decided to leave Intel, I made a shift. And that led me to work with small companies, you know, such as Green Zebra.
1: That is fantastic. And you came out of a really fascinating world at Intel with, as you mentioned, toy development and the innovation hub work and lab works. Um, can you tell us how, how it was going from Intel into the startup world?
2: I loved it. I think one of the one of the nice things about starting out and kind of getting your chops uh, working for a larger company is that you don't have to worry about where your next paycheck is coming from. And you don't have to worry about even purchasing technologies and trying new things. I think it was a great place to to be creative and to not have to worry about those things. Once you grow in 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 your confidence and skills, I think translating that then to the small startups company, the smaller companies, I think really is an opportunity. Um, You know, the challenges are different, but the world is more nimble you can see the effect of your decisions a lot more immediately. And especially in the retail world, I really love that. I love the fact that in my current job, we can make a decision and sometimes within 30 minutes, we can see a literal impact on that
1: item being sold
2: or that customer walking away happier.
1: You mentioned the vision of Green Zebra. What is the goal of Green Zebra and how does that mission get realized in the real world? So, the
2: mission of Green Zebra is to bring um, healthy convenience to uh, the world out there. And, you know, when I think of healthy convenience, I I guess a best example or one of the examples could be if you imagine you take Whole Foods, combine it with your 7 Eleven, and you sprinkle in a little bit of Panera. And that's what Green Zebra is. I like that. (laughs) You know, and I know one of the missions also for Lisa is to bring this access to communities that normally may not have access to healthy foods. Because if you look around where a lot of convenience stores, they tend to be in neighborhoods where maybe you do not currently have your Whole Foods um, for a variety of reasons. So having smaller format, more nimble, but still, you know, local healthy model, we think is pretty attractive financially and from being a service to the community.
1: Absolutely. Uh, It sounds like you're really changing retail for the better. And um, maybe you can expand a little bit on what the difference is between your everyday for-profit retailer and a retailer like Green Zebra that really wants to make a positive impact on communities. Well,
2: And and let's be frank, we are not a non-profit. So we are here to bring value to our shareholders and our investors, very much so. But I think just the format of healthy convenience itself lends the value to the community. You know, we know that urban centers are growing. We know that um, Gen Z are now 26% of the population, you know, $44 billion in, in spend. And they gravitate to brands that are more local, more sustainable, but at the same time, give them a choice and give them good value for their money. And so I fully believe that we can be a financially forward uh, type of a company that brings that value to the shareholders and investors. And at the same time, be of service to the community. And maybe it's that nimbleness in our design um, that differentiates us from your traditional other companies.
1: Absolutely, nimbleness is very important. (laughs) That's fantastic, Lanka. Like, can you also talk about the fact that Green Zebra is a female founded and female led company? And why is it important to have women run companies? Why wouldn't it be important to have women led companies? <laughs> to me, it
2: was one of the things that drew me to Green Zebra. I wanted to find a company that I can do good and do well and help my skills and my experience to promote you know, women in and, and technology, which don't always have the same same opportunities. And, you know, and I say technology, and you may think Green Zebra will, but it's a, it's a, it's a store. Nowadays that differentiation really is less and less, right? It's hard to find a business, even in retail, that doesn't have a strong technical component. And so I wanted to bring that to the table. And I love the fact that the company is female founded. Now the CEO is female, CFO is female, COO is female, and now the CTIO is female. That's fantastic. All four of us also have daughters that we're hoping to be role models to for the next generation of leaders.
0: Wow, what a great model. According to a case study from Harvard Business Review, you were brought on to initially analyze consumer loyalty at Green Zebra and what changes you saw had to be made?
2: One of the early insights that I got by analyzing uh, the data, and we can talk about the challenges of analyzing um, data, um, but w- one of the insights that I saw is that we were trying to apply loyalty in a way that a traditional store, grocery store would apply. So one example being buy one, get one free. Right? Um, that is a pretty common model, but it did not translate to uh, financial value for us. We, people do not shop us the same way that they shop a traditional grocery store. And we needed to recognize that and apply that to our marketing models, to our even technology infrastructure, in our decisions, what products we carry. And how do customers interact with those products and what technology supports that? So that was probably one of the first um, insights that I got on our loyalty program in terms of Zebra Cash. The other insights that I got, and this will now lead into more of the technical side, The there's a lot of innovation in loyalty nowadays, if you look at what exists out there. But applying those innovations to a market that is a brick and mortar store is extremely challenging. Google is not the company that invented the notion that data is valuable. That has existed long before then. And these companies that provide the middle layer for small to mid sized retailers know this. And they are securing that sandbox as much as they can and holding on to that value, and they know that it's really hard to migrate, because when you think about the setup that retailers have, we have cash registers. You know, we are cannot easily convert to a little square tablet, right? Because we need scales to be able mm-hmm. to weigh things. We need, mm-hmm. you know, maybe data security in a different way that uh, a small mom and pop retailer needs. So we have infrastructure needs that are not satisfied off of the, by the off the shelf technology that I can easily buy. And so we're dependent on these retailers that are really guarding that sandbox. But at the same time, they're having a hard time keeping up with the times.
1: Mm.
2: And so, you know, the example that I sometimes give people is um, you don't think twice about getting data nowadays in, in a, you know, a new company and the downloading it in a way that you can then process it and throw it into some, you know, AI algorithms and get some insights, I have a hard time right now getting data in a format that I can run an Excel pivot table off of. Our backend is, you know, just one step ahead of doing things with, you know, pen and paper. It's not for the lack of wanting to do that. It's because the the midstream technology providers that cater to your small and mid-size retailers are also behind the times and are struggling to keep up. And the way that data is managed, the way that data is presented, the way that data is accessible so that I can look at trends, so I can analyze them, so I can connect them to an AI engine Um, or partner with a third party. There was a company named Hala that I spoke with that we really wanted to do some interesting things together. Um, You know, that is not easily possible right now because that back end just does not support integration.
0: Right. So what did you put in place once you understood the challenge? We had lots of interesting ideas for what to put in place. And then COVID happened.
2: And um, we had to, like everybody else, do a complete right-hand turn from our plans to scale out, scale up, grow stores, roll out a new loyalty program. Uh, We had lots of really fabulous uh, plans that I uh, still hope that we get a chance to execute. Um, But with the onset of COVID, just as we were going through these transitions and ready to take on this additional investment, um, we had to pivot,
1: uh-huh.
2: and that's that's where that paused. So loyalty still does remain important. We definitely believe that. I was listening to some of your previous guests, uh, such as you know, Joe and uh, Skip, and they were all talking about the importance of um, making. Shopping effortless and the fact that customers have low tolerance for friction, but yet still want to feel some kind of affinity and customization and like glove treatment, that is still very important. And, um, you know, we still have things like digital punch cards and such, which our customers can take advantage of. We want to grow that beyond. And I think now we think with post COVID will be the chance to
1: do that. Yeah. And I think, Lenka, you're starting to talk about this a little bit, but what about? Uh, consumer behavior changes, changes you've noticed in terms of consumer behavior in the new post COVID world and, and what you expect might happen in the future. Um, what behaviors have you noticed changed, have changed during this time? And um, what do you expect will continue to change in the future? It's interesting you ask that, Ashley. Lisa
2: and I were talking about that just this morning. We're not quite post COVID but we're not quite where we were throughout this last year. So we're kind of in this crystal ball period where many retailers, I suspect, are trying to read the crystal ball of what's coming, what will my life look like when COVID is truly over, whatever that means. And one of the things that I think about is the role of online shopping. That certainly has become a very significant customer behavior during COVID because of safety concerns, and yes, convenience, um, and sometimes even just a supply. You know, if one retailer didn't have it, you just place that online order from the next one. That is going to go away, right? Some of those things that drove that behavior. So then the question that we're left with is, what's next? Is there an attraction to shopping online that will stick with customers? And, and we know it will. I'm, I'm a firm believer in online shopping being around. However, for customers in our segment, you know, the convenience, the spontaneous, uh, I need something and I want it now, that instant gratification of walking to a store and walking home with your dinner in your, in your bag, right? Right then and there. Um, and maybe you threw in a couple other things that you needed at the same time. You know, how does that translate to online in the post-COVID? world? Will it? Does it even need to? Now, we all tend to think that the latest and greatest technology and innovation, and sometimes even fad, has to be something we all need to do. There's almost a certain amount of peer pressure. And and again, I love technology. I'm a technologist, right? However, that doesn't mean that we all need to do it. Sometimes it just plain does not make financial sense. And sometimes it may not make sense for other reasons. And so we are actively evaluating that and talking about that right now. Right.
0: So it sounds like consumer behavior you see changing over time. If I could extrapolate out, you know, five, 10 years and have you be a futurist, what do you think the future of retail loyalty looks like? I think
2: people will be drawn to places where technology and human interaction are like yin and yang, where they form this perfect circle the symbiotic relationship. I think in the retail experience, I think it's wh- where you actually could possibly see it even better than, than other places because there are elements of shopping that are um, filling a need in you to maybe interact with hum- another human being, to get a recommendation, to have somebody tell you that looks great on you yeah. um, or you will love this. This new sauce we just got from the local vendor really hits the mark, right? You want to hear that. You want to have that interaction. At the same time, I think technology can help us get rid of all the boring stuff. Um, You know, all the stuff that can be replicated, streamlined. We don't need humans to do that. We don't need humans to be tracking inventory and standing there counting how many things we have left on the shelf. And, you know, and that's actually part of what I'm trying to do right now is to, to do that. A lot of work on the back end. Um, let technology take care of that and free up the time for us as humans to do the things that we do really well. And so for us at Green Zebra, that translates to our in-store stewards being there to be able to answer questions to help curate what it is that you put in the basket. And sometimes to just say, hi,
1: Ned. Hi, Ashley. How are you doing? It's great to see you again today. That's exciting, Linka, that you're starting to work on uh, what the future of of green zebra might look like. And on that note, we actually have one last question for you. What is your personal mission and how do you want to be remembered? Oh, Ashley, you said personal <laughs> uh, I have lots of professional missions.
2: And we could talk about that for many, many hours, I'm sure. But on a personal side, I am probably like many people uh, out there, I want to create positive ripples in the world. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I read this book by uh, Daniel Laporte called Desire Map that really made me think about the why behind the what? You know, why do we set certain goals? You know, why do we make decisions to say no to something and yes to other things? And why, what does that mean to me? And as part of that exercise, I identified these um, four words that are kind of like a personal compass to me. And so when I'm faced with a decision and that decision could be, what's the next um, opportunity that I take on or What type of events do I want to attend with my family? You know, I always ask myself, will that make me feel appreciative? Will that make me feel gutsy? Will that make me feel playful? Or will that make me feel like I'm contributing? And my personal mission in life really is to find opportunities where I can answer yes um, to these questions as often as I possibly can. send those positive ripples into the world. Thank
1: you so much for sharing that with us.
0: Thanks for being with us today, Lenka. This is a great conversation. I look forward to seeing the future of retail and loyalty and um, tech at Green Zebra. And I hope that as COVID recedes, you're able to recover and expand.
2: Thank you. We look forward to that future as well. And I welcome both of you and any of your listeners to stop by and
0: Experience the Green Zebra experience. Thanks for listening today to the Spark Plug podcast hosted by me, Ned Hayes, and brought to you by Snowshoe, snow.sh for smarter mobile location. Spark Plug is a wholly owned property of Snowshoe. All content, copyright 2021, Spark Plug Media.